This is the future of decentralized social media. This is the Web3 platform that could wipe out every social app that you use. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we have a very special episode. If you've been following the podcast, you know one of our favorite projects is called Deso, and we have the founder, Nader Al-Naji, today joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Hey. What's up, guys? Great, great. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, no, we've been looking forward to this one for a while. You know, the, the topic of decentralized social media has just been raging right now. So I think it's the perfect time to get you on the show and talk about what's going on. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, thanks for having me, man. I mean, yeah, you can see uh, you got Elon and Jack going back and forth about the solution that's needed. And they're basically exactly talking about what we're working on. So it's a pretty exciting time for us. And uh, thank you. Yeah, that'd be great, Natter. So I know Kanye recently just had his Twitter account blocked. I know we had right. Andrew Tate, I think, kicked off of Facebook and Instagram. We had Donald Trump uh, kicked off of his social accounts for a couple of years. Not to say that these are the most, uh, the people you want to have a voice necessarily in terms of expressing their ideas. However, it does highlight a really important issue. So maybe you could elaborate a little bit on what exactly is going on in social media right now, especially as it pertains to censorship. Yeah, man, it's it's a uh, it's great that that you point that out. I mean, really, what we're talking about is free speech, right? And uh, you know, how free is our speech right now? Well, I mean, I I like to say that you know when you block someone, you know, on a platform like uh, Twitter or or when you decide I don't want to follow this person on, on something like TikTok, you know, I, I, I like to say that's you deciding what to think and, and what to believe. But I think that when a platform bans someone, like when Instagram or Twitter, you know, ban Kanye and stuff like that, I mean, to me, that's somebody else telling you what to think, mm -hmm. right? And um, I think that um, there are so many other ways that they could go about, um, you know, like it, people can just not follow them, you know, if they don't like it, right? So um my my view is i like to decide for myself what to think and what to believe so i i personally prefer a platform that lets everybody say what they want and lets individual people decide uh what they want to see and um, that's what we're building with ESO, right so like when you make a post um you know when you make a profile um you're actually uh putting that content on a blockchain so in the same way that with bitcoin what you do is you make a wallet that accounts on a blockchain that, that can't be censored it's running on thousands of machines all over the world. You literally have to shut down the internet to shut down Bitcoin, um, and to, to you can't freeze anyone's account or anything like that. That that same model is a, what applies to DSO only for social media now, right? So now, in order to uh, really censor someone to make it so they can't post, you kind of have to shut down the internet, right? Um, and of course, you can decide who to follow. You can decide I don't want to see any of that, but that's your decision, right? Mm. In the same way that. Uh, you know, you can move your Bitcoins around uh, with, with full control. 
Yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's almost like, you know, Bitcoin was created out of the 2008 financial crisis to eventually solve many issues that are apparent in the financial world. And now, you know, over time, it seems like we started with, there was local news, you know, pre-internet, and then there was national news, and then the internet was born, and then there's Google News and massive platforms, and then we've seen the birth of these social media giants. It's almost like news and public opinion have become more centralized at an exponential rate over the past, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. It's like three or four companies control everything. Mm. And if they don't want you to see it, or if they're, they're, what's going on on the platform doesn't fit their narrative, or they're not making money off of it, then they can shut it down. You know, our, our accounts get blocked on TikTok for saying supposedly the wrong things. So it seems like the solution of a decentralized social media platform is needed now just as much as the solution of Bitcoin was needed after the financial crisis. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, Satoshi created Bitcoin. Satoshi, the creator of Bitcoin, made it in order to fight the centralization of the banks. But when you look at social media today, it's actually even more centralized than, than the banks were with Bitcoin. And you mentioned it yourself, Shane, like when you have your account, um, you know, suspended or something like that on TikTok, TikTok, for you, I mean, that's like freezing your bank account, right? That's literally like your, your source of income. Um, and so, you know, I think a good question is like, um, you know, why hasn't someone extended kind of that freedom and that, that control that Bitcoin gives you over money? You know, why hasn't someone extended that level of control that Bitcoin gives you to social media, right? Um, and I think the answer is that um, it's actually much harder to uh, uh, give someone full control over a so social media account it's much harder to decentralize social media than it is to decentralize money. And, and the reason for that is decentralizing money is not very hard because all you need is just a little bit of data for each person. So you just need kind of one number, like how much money do they have? And if you can have a database that stores one number for each person, you're good. You, you've decentralized money, right? But to decentralize social media, you need to store a lot more than that. You have to store pictures. You have to store videos. You have to store... Uh, even the posts that people make, every time they make a post, that's new data that you have to store and, and index potentially forever. So it's taken us a lot longer to apply the freedom that Bitcoin gives you over money to social media. But DSO's right there. You know, now is the time. We, we finally made, made the technology uh, to a point where we can do it. It's interesting you say that. Why hasn't somebody done this? And, you know, that, that kind of make, we always like to understand the founders and the people behind these projects. You know, that's what spawns into a beautiful community. How long have, what was the aha moment for you? And how long has this been in development for? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so I've, uh, maybe I'll tell you a bit of my background. So uh, I studied computer science in college. Uh, I graduated in 2013. I worked in high frequency trading for a year at a company called DE Shah. And then I worked as an engineer at Google for three years in ads and then in search. Um, so I got to see a little bit about how that ads driven business model runs. Um, when I was at Google and the problems with it. Um, but really in, in 2017, I started uh, going deep in crypto. I started a, a crypto company, a stablecoin company called Basis uh, that really kind of catalyzed all of the stablecoin space was, was, was my work with Basis and uh, raising $140 million to do that business. Um, but so in early 2019, that's when uh, I moved on from Basis and I said, okay, what's next? I, I got a fresh start kind of, what do I want to do? Uh, so early 2019, as I, as I was looking at kind of like the next big problem that we can solve with crypto, um, that's when I started looking at social media 
and kind of looking at how blockchain technology can solve uh, for that use case in much the same way that it solved for money. Um, and so the first thing that I did was I actually looked at um, a lot of different apps that were kind of mixing money and social media together, because that's really what crypto kind of gives you is you get money that can just move around so fluidly uh, with very low transaction fees with, with modern, uh, modern blockchains. Um, and so I, I looked at a bunch of different apps around that. A really big one was actually called Steemit, uh, which was uh, a kind of big kind of blockchain social app, app in uh, 2017 that, um, you know, kind of the founders gave up on. And I was like, wow, you know, like this, these guys were really doing a lot of stuff that like with today's tech, you know, if we could go, go from 2017 to 2019 with all the stuff that was kind of happening around blockchain tech and innovation, like we can really now build the blockchain that you need to run something that's uh, kind of like what Steemit was doing, but fully decentralized and way more feature rich, right? Um, you can do way more than just the, the kind of posts and stuff that they were doing. Um, so early 2019 kind of became convinced, okay, if we can put social content on a blockchain, that could, that could create a lot of value for users, a lot of value for the world, um, not only because it's resistant censorship like we've been talking about, but also because you can make money in lots of new different kinds of ways, uh, tipping, NFTs, uh, creator coins, um, and there are many other ways of making money that you can do on chain that are very interesting. Um, so yeah, so started working on the tech in early 2019, uh, and we raised money in 2021 uh, with a token sale. So um, anyone could buy DSO uh, uh, on, on the blockchain with kind of a, a smart contract kind of situation. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we, we raised um, pretty much 4,000 Bitcoin for the project. Um, and so it's a very well-funded project. Uh, you know, we've got, you know, kind of infinite runway uh, to solve this problem and we're going to solve it. And, and uh, I think it's really great that, um, you know, kind of we have the resources we need to really uh, uh, work on it. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, an, it's a great story. And it's, it's interesting that you mentioned, basically, you saw old apps that had potential. And now what we see going on with DSO today is a rapidly growing ecosystem. I know, you know, Josh and I, we're on the Diamond app, which is kind of like a like a Web3 Twitter. Um, but, you know, you go on the DSO website and you can see there's over, I think, over 200 dApps that are building on DSO right now. So, you know, in your opinion, would there be, it, would Diamond app be like the flagship app or is there is there another one that's more popular? You know, which ones do you use and which ones kind of have you most excited for the future? Yeah. Um, so what's really cool is if you go to DSO.com, you can like learn about our mission and you can claim your username, which is really cool. Because remember, we're, we're on a blockchain, right? So um, owning your username is, is something that is globally unique that you can go and, and get um, immediately and, and you have it, right? And it's just like owning Bitcoin, like no one else can have that username once you claim it. Um, and once you claim your username, you can actually ex uh, go on the Explore page and see all the hundreds of apps that you're talking about. So diamondapp.com uh, is a web app that's the most popular, um, but there's also DSOFI, which is a mobile app. So if you type DSO into the app store, you're actually gonna see DSOFI, which, which comes up. Um, but there, like you said, there are dozens of others. So there's NFTZ, which is a NFT platform that's, that's become very, very, very popular. Uh, there's actually an uh, NFT project called Cyberpunk Apes um, that just kind of is really blowing up uh, and, um, and what's also cool is because all the data with DSO is open, right? It's a, it's a blockchain. Uh, you can actually get really, really good analytics on everything that's going on with uh, openprosper.com. Um, so they actually have user charts where you can see, wow, like this is why the price has been going up is all the users are, are now growing on DSO. Uh, 
Uh, and um, yeah, like it's growing four, 4x month over month. Um, so wow. beginning of the month, we had 2,000 uh, daily active users. Today, we actually hit 9,000, uh, which is kind of crazy because of all the stuff that we've been launching. Uh, and uh, yeah. So. That is insane growth. That is amazing to see. And I mean, we've been following DSO for the better half of at least a year now. So to see that growth is spectacular. And, you know, you're, it seems like you guys are always changing the game. So, for example, I recently saw a tweet that you put out the other day where NFT transactions were actually like third in all of crypto on DSO. I had no idea that mm-hmm. that was a thing. That, was, some, that, was, that blew my mind. That blew my sure. mind. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. So I thought, you know, DSO was strictly a decentralized social media platform. Little did I know. And NFTs will at some point be the future. So to see that DSO is leading the space in the NFT world is incredible. But there is also um, a bit of a, like a MetaMask integration for, and, and like, is this going to replace Signal? Is this going to replace WhatsApp? Maybe you could elaborate a little bit on this end-to-end encrypted with MetaMask. Yeah, so, so we've got a great roadmap on DSO.com where you can actually see like in detail everything we're launching for the next, uh, you know, pretty much like six months or so. Um, and so... The stuff you're talking about, so so where the growth for us really started happening about a month ago uh, is around launching uh, the ability to create an account with MetaMask. Uh, so before you could create an account with a seed phrase, but that's kind of hard, right? Because uh, a lot of people, they don't want to have a second seed phrase, then they might lose their seed phrase. Mm. A lot of people already have MetaMask. Uh, and uh, so it's just really, really great kind of crypto native way uh, to create an account. Because remember with DSO, Everything you're doing is with your public private keys. Nobody controls it other than you. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Um, and so this MetaMask integration pretty much made it so that any of the millions of, of people who already have Ethereum accounts with MetaMask can now use decentralized social apps like Diamond, right? Uh, so it's really opened the floodgates to all these new users coming in. And I think that's been a big source of growth. Mm. Um, but the other thing is, I think you know maybe because all these Ethereum users are here now, NFT projects started to really take off. So you can actually, if you go to openprosper.com, you can see the NFT volume is literally 10 times on DSO what it was just a month ago. Um, and and the, the most amazing thing about it, and I think the reason why it's so exciting is NFTs are this like really social thing, but they're not that social outside of, uh, uh, on, on the like native platforms today, like Ethereum. But on DSO, when you go look at an NFT, you'll see you can comment on it, you can repost it, it mm. can share in way more interesting ways. And like the cyberpunk apes that I mentioned, uh, you, you, those some of those have like two thousand comments on them. Um, you know, it's just like right. people going crazy. So uh, I think making the existing crypto stuff more social uh, and kind of bringing all those Ethereum users uh, in uh, with kind of a new twist on what they're used to. Uh, is also driving a lot of the growth. So the so. Ethereum users, especially in the NFT world, got really accustomed to really high gas fees. Um, mm-hmm. What are the fees like on DSO? Like, are they just a fraction of a cent, or you know, could you elaborate a little bit on that one? Yeah, totally. Um, so everything on DSO is like one ten thousandth of a cent. Often it's even less. Wow. Um, and 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 the really interesting thing is um, on on blockchains like Ethereum. Uh, it's it's what you're paying for is not actually to store content. You're actually paying just to modify uh, data, which is way way easier to do than what DSO is doing. So with DSO, you're not just paying your gas to you know move money from me to you, which is easy. You're actually paying like much less gas, but you're storing content on chain forever, mm. uh, which is a much more valuable thing, much harder to do 
And again, that's why DSO is really enabling social media on chain in a way that wasn't possible with Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. Um, and actually, by the way, the, the, just to store 200 characters uh, on Ethereum costs about $75 today. And to store those same 200 characters on, on uh, Polygon or Solana, I think Polygon's 45 cents, Solana's like 30 cents, right? DSO's one ten thousandth of a cent, right? So imagine if every, every tweet, every TikTok that you upload, everything, your TikToks probably be like $10 on something like Solana, right? right? Um, but again, on Diesel, you're paying about one ten thousandth of a cent, um, <laughs> and uh, it's really cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's my... not that you guys would do it, but, but a lot of people blowing. maybe wouldn't. No, so it's great. Every comment would be, uh, you know, a dollar too. There's so. there's certain things that Josh and I always look at when we're analyzing crypto projects and blockchains. You know, barriers to adoption. So how easy is it for someone to switch from something everyone uses like Ethereum and Solana to something like whatever project we're analyzing? So right away, when you have this MetaMask integration allowing, I don't know, 20, 30 million, how many people use MetaMask, something like that, they can get into DSO right away. And another thing we always look at is projects that are building moats. And, you know, a moat, so basically, you know, you have something and it's very hard for people to copy or replicate what can be done on that blockchain with the technology. And that's what you just alluded to there, which I find fascinating, is that it would be almost impossible for someone to try to replicate what you're building with DSO on Ethereum or Solana because the cost of hosting that data is just astronomical. So you, not only are you got, you have the first mover advantage, you're breaking down the walls to adoption and you're building the moat with the superior technology. So that ticks a lot of boxes for Josh and I in terms of analyzing a project. And it's one of the reasons that we've been covering DSO and you know talking about it in our communities for so long. And it's great to see the user growth that you're, that you're experiencing now just over the past month. It's like, you know, obviously, you know it as, as the creator, you know, it's your baby. But, you know, we talk about projects and it's nice to see, you know, the fruits of all of your labor coming, you know, coming out. And I'm sure I'm sure you're super excited about it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the, the defensibility or the modes of DSO are actually uh, there's actually another layer to it that, that's very interesting, which is that um, similar to what you said right today, the moat that that Solana and Ethereum Avalanche, all of these blockchains are building is around DeFi. Uh, these are applications that don't require a lot of storage. We call them storage light applications or like finite state applications. Um, and the interesting thing about the moat you get when you're doing those storage light or finite state applications is it's not that hard for people to move from one, one blockchain to another, right? So for example, to go from ETH to wrap your coins onto Solana or to go from Solana to wrap your coins onto another blockchain, it's, it's good, you know, it, it's it's annoying to do that and it keeps people in, but DSO actually has kind of another level of, of a moat, uh, which is around content. So it's really the only blockchain that can build a network effect around content, social content, your posts, your your profiles, your identity uh, today. So, so you don't have that on those other blockchains. You don't have your posts, you don't have your followers, you don't have your, your follow graph on there, your social graph, but DSO does. And that's really interesting because if you think about how hard it is to switch banks, right? To switch from, you know, oh, I'm going to move all my money from Chase to, to Bank of America. That's actually not that hard. Right? Like you can do it. Um, it takes you probably a few days, but you can do it. But then think about how hard it is to move off of TikTok to another platform. You can't move all your followers. If you post on another platform, your followers aren't going to see it, right? So Diso has a much stronger defensibility, a kind of a next level of defensibility, next level of moat around content and it's the only blockchain that can do that today there's really no other one that can do it so that's really exciting too so we've touched touched upon 
you know, the fees that, you know, we've talked about the different applications that are being built. But there was also some recent news that came out, and I think it was right before Diesel had a, a relatively big spike. I saw it on uh, Cointelegraph, I believe it was. There was a, a USDC stablecoin integration. Could you elaborate a little bit on on the significance of that? Yeah, totally. And again, you know, it's all about getting those millions of Ethereum users uh, to be able to just frictionlessly move to DSO apps, start posting and building that network effect, that moat. Um, so the USDC integration is amazing because um, it, it's actually uh, uh, USDC and all the other cryptos. So Ethereum, Bitcoin and Solana are also supported where if you want to, uh, let's say, do something on the DSO blockchain, let's say you want to buy an NFT or you want to tip someone or, or you want to invest in someone's coin, which you can also do. Uh, now there's basically a seamless conversion between uh, uh, your ETH or your USDC or your Solana into whatever you're trying to do, buying that NFT uh, or, or investing in someone's coin or something like that. Um, and so uh, that, that tool, that, that thing that enables that, we call a mega swap. Uh, and we're actually announcing that in a couple of weeks, which you know, formally announcing it and, and all that, which is going to be great. So I guess you're getting it a little early here. Um, <laughs> but the the thing that we did announce uh, today is the USDC portion of that, uh, where um, essentially on DSO you can put USDC in to do whatever you want to do, um, and then if you want to use a dollar on DSO but without paying the gas, right? Remember USDC is kind of like two dollars or whatever for every transfer you want to do. Uh, with that, we launched a DSO native stablecoin called DSO Dollar. Uh, that's really uh, getting people excited. Where you can go from USDC to DSO Dollar and do everything without gas, basically, because DSO is so cheap. Mm. Um, and then you can immediately go back whenever you want into USDC. So if you're an Ethereum user, you're like, oh man, this is so easy. You know, boom, one click. Now I have all my money uh, in this gasless ecosystem, and then boom, one click, go back whenever you want to USDC. You can also go DSO to USDC directly too. Uh, again, with no login and, and no, uh, you know, don't need to put your uh, uh, ID and stuff in there, which is great. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, we talk about all these great things that you're building and the different apps, but a lot of what it comes down to when people want to try new products is what's in it for them. And one of the first things that, you know, Josh and I noticed when we went onto the Diamond app is that you make posts, you start making money <laughs> because people can tip you for your content. And that's across, you know, not only Diamond app, but all, all of the, the dApps that are building on DSO have the ability to integrate this. So that's, that's kind of the next thing I want to talk about is how the financial ecosystem of DSO works with the, the tipping, the creator coins. And I know that the way that it's worked since we've on, been on Diamond App is you get tipped in, in DSO, DSO dollars and stuff like that. So now, will the, the stable coin, how does that work with the stable coin being integrated into it? You're, you're still getting tipped in DSO. And you know, maybe to walk us through some different ways that these tips can be used across apps other than Diamond App. And then does the stablecoin change that moving forward or is it used for a different purpose? Yeah, so um, when you get tipped today, uh, the diamondapp.com is the best place for the tips. It's because um, the tips are literally, they call them diamonds. So you've got the like button on a post and then to the right of it, you have a diamond button that lets you tip uh, anywhere between a penny to like hundreds of dollars. And people get hundreds of dollars on their posts all the time, right? When some whale sees it, they're like, I love this. And they just give you a hundred dollars. Yeah, no, crazy. I mean, when uh, when Josh and I started, we um, we started posting and we we earned like a couple hundred bucks each within the first couple of weeks. And we, that was like, that was for, for us, it was like the light bulb moment. It's like, this is the new thing. 
it's crazy and it's really surprised me just how much people want to give i think it just there's so many whales running around that just want to give money to things that they like and they don't really have a way to do it but then you may give them a button and they're like oh yeah here you go it's done right <laughs> um so it's kind of funny but um but to the usdc integration the really cool thing is until this week uh you basically you would get the diamonds uh the tips are like DSO. um so basically that penny to a hundred dollars would be given to you as DSO. Um, but DSO, DSO is listed on Coinbase, you know, so there are places where you can convert your DSO uh, into other currencies. But what we did with the USDC integration is now there's pretty much one click. You can go from DSO to USDC. Wow. Uh, and so those diamond tips that before would have required you to go to Coinbase, set up an account, you know, upload your passport. A lot of people don't have access to Coinbase, all that kind of stuff. Now, boom, put in your ETH address. Now you got all your money out right now. Um, and the same way for the reverse. So you got the whales who are like, man, I'm giving like hundreds of bucks away to the stuff I like. I'm going to go USDC or Ethereum or Solana or Bitcoin. All of those go direct into DSO uh, with a very simple, um, simple tool. So I like that. That's kind of the cool. No, it's great. Back and forth, seamless. Yeah. Now we've eliminated another hurdle, right? Which leads to adoption. Yeah, huge. Um, something I don't want to really skim over because there's a lot of different listeners. Uh, and viewers who may not be familiar with everything that we're discussing. And one of the, the terms that we've used so far in this episode is creator coins. Could you mm -hmm. elaborate a little bit more on what a creator coin is, how it can be used, the benefits to the creators? Yeah, so this is kind of one of the more, I guess you could say, cutting edge things that people uh, can do on DSO, uh, which is um, you can create a profile on DSO, just like you would on TikTok or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, but then you can do one more step, which is to enable a coin on your profile that anybody can invest in. Um, and so the way those, those coins work, they're called creator coins. The way those creator coins work is when you put money in, there's an algorithm that increases the price. Uh, and when, when you sell a creator coin or you pull money out, that decreases the price. So there's kind of this automatic, uh, it's called an automated market maker, but really what it is, is just one click, allows for one click buy and sell of a coin that's associated with someone's identity or reputation, right? So for example, if you think that there's this undiscovered creator who's gonna become really popular in the future, maybe they make music, maybe it's literally you guys, <laughs> right? Um, you can go to their profile on DSO, on any DSO app, but diamondapp.com is really kind of the best one for this. Uh, you can go to their profile and you can buy some of their coin. And if you're right in the future, right? And other people think the same, They'll buy the coins, the price will go up, and, and you'll make some money. Uh, so today, the most popular creator coins on DSO uh, are pretty much, they're, they're kind of like celebrities, right? So um, something interesting about DSO uh, that, that we did, um, but um, Elon Musk is actually the, currently the most popular uh, creator. <laughs> and, the, and that's interesting. Elon isn't on DSO yet, but we have kind of a, a ghost profile for him uh, and ghost profiles for all of the top kind of I think like 15,000 top influencers. So you can actually go and uh, buy and sell those coins associated with those influencers. Uh, and when they join the platform, they can claim their profile and then that'll be, uh, you know, that'll hopefully make it real. And really, if you think about it, if any really big influencer kind of comes and, and decides, hey, I want to I wanna be a part of this, I want to have a co my coin, I think it's just kind of a, a TNT explosion. Like everybody kind of is like, whoa, like, like we should look at this. We should take this seriously. Um, so, so I think that's why people kind of invest in them now, even before they're kind of popular, right? So what you're saying is we can invest in Elon Musk. 
<laughs> kind of. I mean, he's not on the platform yet, so it's very, very, very speculative. Yeah, not I understand. <laughs> yeah. That. But I mean, you know, it's it's probably the closest thing we have today yeah. to, to being able to do that. So as we said, you know, we've been talking about Diamond App a lot and, and you know, we love Diamond App, but there's a couple of the names that I wanted to just highlight it kind of relevant to probably us and probably a lot of our viewers. So there's Deso Messenger, which is going to be the decentralized Discord. Right. There's Zirkles. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, which is like Medium, so long form content. Pearl, yep. which is like Instagram, but decentralized. And then Story, which is something that Josh and I could potentially really own, which is the decentralized TikTok. So what I'm wondering is, Will the or do the economies in terms of tipping, the stablecoin integration, you know, what you just just described, it, is it going to look similar on those platforms or is it up to, you know, the, the developers for those platforms They have kind of like free reign on, on different ways of doing that? Or is it all kind of within the same, you know, rules that we just outlined? Yeah, well, well. So, so here's the crazy thing that that um, maybe for your viewers, it might not actually have been been clear, which is... Uh, when even though Deso has all of these apps, right, they're actually all interconnected in the sense that when you make a post on one of the apps, like let's say you make a post on Diamond, it shows up in all the other apps. So it shows up in DSOFI, it shows up in Pearl, in Story, in all these apps. Uh, and that's something that's kind of weird to people because today social media isn't about that. Social media is all about Instagram owning all their users mm. and TikTok owning all their users. They don't share, right? And so that means that your following that you built on TikTok, it doesn't get to people on Instagram, right? It doesn't get to people on Twitter. Um, but that's not true with Deso, right? Deso is on a blockchain, which is open, right? And so when you create a following on Deso, it shows up in all of these apps, boom, automatically, right? Um, and so that's kind of what you're talking about. And so when you make a post on any one app, it does end up getting reached all over the ecosystem everywhere, right? But the cool thing about it is each developer of an app has their own way of showing the content, their own way of kind of highlighting it or, or maybe emphasizing it. So for example, you mentioned Pearl. Pearl is actually more like Instagram and in that they're very image focused, right? They're very like picture focused. So if you make a text only post, Pearl's probably not gonna show it very prominently, right? But the way they would show for an image, right? Um, and so you'll still get you know people on Pearl who see your, your content, right? But in a different way, it'll be shown. In a different way, it'll show up. And the same with all the other apps that you mentioned. NFTZ is all about NFTs. So if you don't if you don't turn your post into an NFT, by the way, you can turn posts into NFTs on Tiso, which is really cool. Uh, you know, if you don't turn your post into an NFT, you're not going to show up in NFTZ because that's just that's not what they're about. Right. So anyway, that's kind of how it works. Yeah, that's really cool. I like it because you know Shane and I are on multiple platforms. You know, we have a Twitter account, Instagram, etc., and it's such a pain to have to make content for each platform and also develop the following across each platform as well. It takes a lot of work. So to yeah. be able to post on one and then have it, you know, carry over to another because it's all on chain and it's all on the one blockchain, that is revolutionary. Yeah, and 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 we actually Josh, we like to say we like to say your account on Deso is the last social media account you'll ever have to create, right? Because all of these apps are building on the same uh content and those followers that you have are the last followers you're, you'll ever have to get, right? Because again, um, it's all shared across the apps. Every new app that launches, the next Snapchat, the next TikTok, the next Instagram is gonna build on Deso. And those followers that you built on those apps today are gonna benefit you on the next platform. And you won't have to start, start over, right? 
Um, and in fact, if we could push it really far, right, <laughs> there's really no reason why eventually why Instagram and TikTok and the existing centralized platforms, there's no reason why they wouldn't integrate DSO content eventually into them, right? So they'll kind of be consumers of DSO content. Um, and your content that you post on DSO might end up actually automatically copying to uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there are apps today that copy your content from uh, DSO to Twitter, and I use it. Uh, you know, so whenever I make a post on DSO, it goes out to Twitter automatically. Mm. Um, there's no reason why Twitter would, wouldn't eventually, you know, want to kind of uh, pull it in automatically. So right. yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of comments that have surfaced from Jack Dorsey saying that one of his biggest reg regrets was turning Twitter into a business and having that ad. You know, that's the, the the ad model is kind of, you know, he, he wanted to build a platform that would give people the voice so they could have discussions about things. And then when it turned into a public business with an ad driven revenue model, that was his regret because it kind of changed everything and it kind of poisoned the economy, the, you know, the Twitter economy because it just wasn't able to function the way that he wanted it to. But I think there's an opportunity now with DSO to have kind of a pure, you know, town hall perspective where people can really share things without having to worry about being censored or ads popping up and pandering to those kind of things and across different platforms, not just in short form content like Twitter, but also long form like, you know, the, the versions of Medium or Instagram or TikTok that, that are all building on DSO right now. So it's a really interesting future that you're building. And I'm just wondering, you know, you've been in this journey for, I don't know, a long time now. What are some of the, like, the biggest surprises that you've seen, you know, from, from building the, the start of the platform or maybe even just the, the rapid growth you've seen lately? Like what, what did you not expect to happen? Yeah, man. Uh, well, so before we go to that, uh, uh, that fun stuff, I actually, you mentioned ads and, and I think it's actually important to go back and talk about um, the ads driven business model and, and what, it, what the problems are with it. So the interesting thing is you look at how Twitter, for example, and Instagram are banning, uh, you know, the Kanye's of the world. And you might want to ask, like, wait, why are they doing that? Like, from a business standpoint, like, why does that make sense, right? Mm -hmm. And it actually comes back to ads, right? And the reason is that um, their advertisers who pay them, right? The advertisers pay Instagram and, and Twitter and all these. They, they're they're the money bags of these of these platforms. They're the, the oxygen for them. Those advertisers don't want their their ads for Coca Cola showing up next to unsavory content. So that's actually that business model is what's causing the censorship, right? It's actually a business decision that they have to make because of the fact that they're beholden to advertisers. Uh, now, DSO may be one of the most in innovative things about it, other than the tech, is the business model being completely different, not ads-based. So we like to say, your ads are our opportunity. Um, Jeff Bezos used to say, your margin is my opportunity. And talking about how Amazon's going to cut all the costs, we say, your ads are our opportunity because it's a different business model. Um, DSO, the way that the blockchain makes money uh, is with fees, right? So when you make a post, that one ten thousandth of a cent um, is going to eventually get burned. And that means that every time someone is making a post or, or replying or whatever, doing something, uh, that's going to essentially make DSO, the coin, more scarce. Right. And so it all flows back to the holders of the DSO coins via fees that are essentially burned. Um, and when you look at that model, you actually realize, wait, well, when it's when it's based on fees like that, you actually you don't care what people are saying. Right. You don't you don't need to go out there and say, hey, Kanye, like we're going to take you down because, you know, you're going to make Coca-Cola look bad. Right. The Coca-Cola ads look bad. Like we don't know. That's not how it works. We just want people putting stuff on the chain. Right. 
uh, in much the same way Ethereum and Bitcoin are structured today. Mm. Um, so you just get a completely different incentive around censorship that is just inherently more free, right? Which is which is what we care about. Um, For sure. No, so, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. especially with the way the world is moving. I think it's something that we need. Yeah, I think so. And and then I think you asked me about uh, uh, what kind of surprised me the most. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, when we launched DSO, uh, and, and the first apps kind of started popping up around DSO, so a really big app that, that popped up was called BitCloud. We, oh, we made BitCloud. So the, so the DSO blockchain, I've been working on it since early 2019. And then in early 2021, we were like, okay, we need an app around, around this thing. We need to launch an app to show people what you can do. We launched this app called BitCloud. Um, and that's really when things got started. And then because of BitCloud, hundreds of apps started launching. A lot of them the, that you mentioned uh, uh, you know, are just other developers building stuff. But the thing that really surprised me is, um, well, there's kind of a few things. So the first thing is, uh, when I would tell people about DSO, I would say, oh, it's going to take like five years for us to have people building on the blockchain. You know, it took Ethereum five years to get like a real app that kind of, uh, you know, uh, people were using built on the, on their blockchain. But with DSO, it was like instant. It was like, we launched BitCloud. A lot of people liked it, started using it. And then hundreds of teams, developer teams started building on DSO just because there was this kind of base of a few thousand users who really liked it, right? Um, so I think the speed with which we were able to build an ecosystem uh, did surprise me. Um, and then the second thing that really surprised me is I didn't know what kind of content people were going to put on DSO. I was kind of worried that it would be just only stuff that's kind of doesn't doesn't go on other platforms because it's too unsavory or, or, or too controversial. Right. But it's actually the opposite. I mean, the community of people who are posting on DSO, I mean, you go on a DSO app and it's like more positive and supportive than any other social network I have ever used. Mm. And that's, by the way, that's really surprising because normally when a social network is small, you're actually getting kind of like the worst, you know, the drudge. It's actually more negative when it's small, right? And then eventually it evens out and becomes kind of a, a positive thing. Um, and I, I think that part of the reason why it is so positive the way I mean, I've, I've kind of asked myself, well, why is it so positive? Why is it so nice? Um, and I think it's because people on DSO have an incentive to be nice. Like when you're nice, people mm. give you tips, people invest in your coin, people buy NFTs. So people are like, oh, money is the root of all evil. But like actually, well, it actually can be used as an alignment tool that encourages more positive behavior. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, you go on DSO and you make you make that first like 10 cents. Like just from your first post, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to be mean to people. People love me, right? And that's true. They no, do. It, it is a hundred percent. hundred percent. So I think, um, it, yeah. yeah, Josh and I both experienced that, um, echoing exactly <laughs> what you just said, not only making the money, but people are very positive on the diamond app specifically that we have um, experienced in. Like, don't you think? I would say just with the whole DSO community in general, I mean, you know, Shane and I make a lot of, a lot of content. We we discuss a lot of different projects. Heaven forbid you say anything about Cardano or XRP or one of those uh, <laughs> projects and you get a ton of hate, but you really feel as though DSO has created a community and it just seems as though the DSO blockchain, the DSO community and everything that you're currently building, nothing seems to, I mean, I'm constantly surprised, let's say. Yeah. And I'm curious to know now because you surprised me with the NFT transactions. You've surprised me with how low the fees are. You've surprised me with the user base growth, the MetaMask integration, mm -hmm. et cetera. 
before we leave you here, is there anything that you can kind of sprinkle, uh, any exciting future plans that maybe you could let the listeners and the audience know know about? Yeah, totally. I mean, so Diesel.com has a great roadmap with pretty much all the like most exciting stuff. Uh, but I will say in a couple of weeks, we're launching um, this thing called Megaswap, which we refer to as Stripe for crypto. So if you know, if you ever heard of Stripe, Stripe is the biggest one of the biggest payment companies in the world. If you've done an online purchase with a credit card, you probably use Stripe. And what Stripe did is they made it really easy to pay with a credit card online, right? It took for an engineer, a developer to integrate payments into uh, a store. So, you know, before Stripe, you know, you would have this kind of really drawn out process with a bank and really hard code that you had to write just to be able to take payments online. And Stripe made that really easy. Megaswap is like that, but for crypto. So basically what it allows is for any developer to allow for a swap between one current one cryptocurrency and another. So if you're on an Ethereum app, but all you have is Bitcoin, immediately like the developer can seamlessly say, this is a Bitcoin app. And you put your Bitcoin in and it does the Ethereum kind of behind the scenes or vice versa. Uh, and so Megaswap is launching in a couple of weeks. And I think it's going to enable a lot of really, really big um, use cases in crypto that we haven't seen and also hopefully cut down on kind of the tribalism, right? Because in crypto, you know, when you, you know, when you're building on the Ethereum ecosystem, you know, a lot of people uh, who own Ethereum are like, oh, I only want to use Ethereum apps. I only want to use things that are built on Ethereum. And so they don't look at the Solanas. They don't look at the, uh, um, you know, the Cardanos and, and all that stuff, like you said, but Megaswap can really make it so that you go to an app, you don't even know what blockchain it's on. Right. It could be on Solana, it could be on Ethereum. You don't know because it takes Bitcoin. Right? Um, so that's what Megaswap, I think, in the next couple of weeks is, is enabling. I don't think people really fully appreciate how big that one is, uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun. Is yeah. Megaswap just going to be integrated into every single dApp that currently exists and it's just going to be an easy function or is that a separate dApp altogether? Yes, it's a separate dApp, okay. uh, but Diamond is going to integrate it, uh, and uh, DowDow is another app that's going to have it integrated, uh, and uh, there's a few others that kind of are launching with it. Um, but the cool thing is that's not even just the DSO thing. So you know, we're talking to Near about a Near protocol. You know, one of the biggest things other blockchains have, the biggest problem other blockchains have, is the developer builds an app, let's say, on the Near blockchain, and the they, they don't know how to get all those millions of Ethereum users to have near so they can actually use it, right? right. Uh, so what Megaswap does is literally in the onboarding, it's like, hey, oh, you have Ethereum? All right, cool. Click this button. Now you have near and now you can use the near apps, right? So it's actually kind of a hack, a, a, a Trojan horse that gets uh, um, uh, 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 all the other blockchains to have a much better onboarding, um, you know, converting from one ecosystem to another. It's kind of like we solve the problem for ourselves with DSO. But sometimes we do that and we say, you know what? Everybody has this problem. Everybody wants to get uh, people from other ecosystems to be able to use their apps. So it's just kind of much it's bigger than even DSO is, um, you know, in, uh, in that regard. So that's, um, you know, something you said there resonates with me. I come from a startup and business background. And when you solve a small problem that you think is only the problem for yourself or your friends or your community and you do it well, then you realize that actually this solution can be scaled out to the world or different industries or finance or whatever it is, right? So I understand exactly what you mean there. And I think that um, that's going to be pretty exciting to see. Um, so, you know, Josh and I always talk about trends in crypto. You know, we talked about the last bull run. We've been on this on about this kind of stuff for over a year and a half. We saw the metaverse. We saw NFTs. We saw play to earn games. 
And we are very adamant that one of the biggest trends of the next bull run is going to be Web3 social media. And I think we can agree that Deso is the leader in the space. So it's, it's, been, it's been an honor to have you on the show today, Natter. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, I mean, I think we learned a lot about the platform and the future is very exciting. Thanks so much for having me, man. I mean, I watch your content. I love it. I think you guys are so amazing at taking really hard concepts and explaining them really simply and easily. Uh, so thank you guys so much for having me. It's an honor. And uh, yeah, anytime. Appreciate you. Ha appreciate having you on here. Is there anywhere we should send any of our listeners to follow you or to check out Diesel further? Totally. Just just go to Diesel.com and claim your username. Again, you know, it's like it's like Bitcoin. You know, once you own that username, no one else can have it. So uh, once you do that, you'll see all the other apps. You'll see Diamond Dab, uh, Dow and FTZ, all these others. So go yeah, check I'm, it out. I'm, I'm at, at Jolly Green on Diamond Dab on Diesel. You can follow me as well. And <laughs> we'll put them in yeah. the description. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll link everything. Awesome. Hey, make sure you guys all tune to the next episode. That one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.